Bless you in the name of the Lord. Welcome to a people that believe in a big God. Yes? Amen. So it, anything is possible today. You're in the presence of the Lord. You're not just at, a, at an enthusiastic rally. You actually are in the audience of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Who loves you with a dying, unending love. Jesus Christ foresaw you when he gave his life for you. He is, when it comes to you, he's all in. He's all in. He's fully committed to you. Whether we commit to him or not, he's fully committed to us and loves us. So when a father who's all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, loves you with all his heart, and he has a cattle on a thousand hills, you actually have everything you need. And more. And so today I want you to prepare your hearts for something bigger, something better, something amazing, something miraculous, because he's going to talk to each one here today. He's going to do something for each one here today. Would you turn to Matthew 28, the last chapter, the last verses in Matthew 28, reading out of the New Living Translation beginning in verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth to do what I'm about to do, he said, to say what I'm about to say. Therefore, that's what the word there is for. To tell you previous, he's saying, I have all power and authority to say what I'm about to say to you. I've been given permission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Would you say all nations with me this morning? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Would you stand with me this morning as we prepare our hearts for something awesome? Heavenly Father, thank you for this people. Thank you that they've gathered from all over the corners of the Northwest and beyond, Father. We thank you for today, for you're doing something global in our midst. Enlarge our hearts and our minds to be a vessel that won't burst with the new wine. But that, Father, as we receive new revelation today and a new commission today, that you will give us new wineskins to expand to the size that you want us to be as individuals and as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Oh, go greet somebody in the name of the Lord, would you? All right, all right. We have got so much good stuff that... We promise to leave time at the end of the service after we dismiss to fellowship further. Please continue to do that. And if you really miss fellowship, come during conversation 45 at 9 a.m. and you have small groups and it's awesome. It's a time to fellowship. Before they go to the scripture, I'm going to read the verses prior to the scripture I'm about to read. Let's guys just leave this slide up. Jesus is talking to his disciples. It's in the book of Acts. It's following his death and resurrection prior to his ascension and the apostles were with Jesus and they kept 
asking him. They kept asking. They kept asking. Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Isn't it interesting, Christendom, we're still, we still keep asking Jesus, when's the end time? When's it going to happen? And we keep asking him. And Jesus says this, that's not important at all. Quit talking about that. And that's not what he said. It is important. Of course, the culmination of all things is kind of pivotal. <laughs> so it's important. But Jesus used the word but. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for, they are not for, they are not for you to know. That's kind of perplexing to a theologian. They're not for you to know. But there's going to be a whole lot of living between the cross and heaven. There's going to be a whole lot of living between the ascension, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and the culmination of all things. If Jesus was coming back in a year, what would you do between now and then? The Bible talks about occupy till he comes. But you need something between now and then. He says, but you will receive power. Why do you and I need to receive power? Because there's a whole lot of living left to do, and we need to be living it under the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be able to tell people about me. In your natural man, you and I are very limited. We're like Moses. God, why are you sending me? I'm 80 years old. I have a stuttering problem. I can't talk to people, let alone one-on-one, -on -one, let alone to a million people at once. Don't send me. And God says, am I not the God that made the mouth and the ear to hear? Do you not know who I am? And I am is sending you. But I'm not going to send you again to a gunfight with a knife. I'm going to equip you. I, I, I provide for you. I am provision for the vision I have for you. I'm going to give you power from on high, not just normal power, not power you get in college, not power you get by eating an energy bar, not power that you get by lifting weights or getting married or, or doing the wonderful things and getting a promotion. I'm going to give you power way above that. It's power from on high to be able to tell people about me, to be my witness, telling people about me everywhere. And go ahead and go to the verse, guys. In Acts 1.8, it says, in the New Living Translation, what you'll get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit, oh, this is a message. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witness in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. And many people don't look at that like Jesus said it. Jerusalem was their closest point. Judea was next. Samaria was further out and then even to the end of the world. And there's actually a spiritual progression in how that works. A lot of people would love to go to Africa and share the gospel, but they can't walk across the street and talk to the white guy that lives over there. Start here. Share your faith with your neighbors. Your, and then Judea represents, Jerusalem represents our city, our proximity, our close proximity. Judah were Jews. And he's saying to his apostles, your people. I'll send you not only to your city, but to your people group. That could be the Northwest. That could be the United States. All the people that are Americans. Speak our language. Have 
our culture. And then he says Samaria. Do you know about the Samaritans to the Jewish people? That was a whole other culture. He said, I'm going to send you to whole other cultures. After you learn how to witness and share with your own family and the people in your own city and area, then I'm going to send you to your people group, the Northwest and the United States, and then I'd like to send you to new cultures, totally foreign cultures, people that eat with their fingers and eat things that are still moving on their plate. I want to send you to them. You'll be able to do it. Why? Because remember, I gave you power from on high to be my witness. And there will be no place on earth that you can't go, even to the ends of the earth. Wow. Wow. God wants you and I to be a part of something bigger than we are. Your life is meant to be huge in Jesus. Way bigger than you can imagine. Uh, Write this down. This ought to be in the Bible. God wants to do something exceedingly abundantly further than you could ever think or ask. That's good. You guys ought to be writing that down. That ought to be written somewhere. Oh, here's one you ought to write. Eyes have not seen nor ears heard, nor the mind conceived my plans for you, saith the Lord. You're still not writing any of this down. What's the deal? Because it's already written, isn't it? It's the heart of God to make your life something bigger than you could even imagine. You're trying to keep asking me these things that are temporal on this earth, but for you, I want to give you power that's on high to be my witness. I really do believe Jesus is coming back soon for me. I've got about 30 years, and I'm going to see Jesus. So, you know, live as if you're going to die tomorrow. Learn and witness for Jesus like you're going to live forever. You've got to have an urgency about us. There's people that need to know Jesus. And we can't do it on our own. Jesus says, but I will give you power from on high. And whatever you think about your eschatology, when Jesus plays his cards, we'll all say amen. And we'll be fine. We just trust him with those big, that's way above our pay grade. Until then, we do know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be his witness as long as there's day. God wants us to belong to something bigger than we are. I am so proud of our board. Our church board recently went back and noticed that about 10 years ago, we put in the minutes that we wanted to give to missions and outreach more than the average, and we wanted to, and and many churches are doing this, so we didn't invent this, but we had put in our minutes that we wanted to give 10% to missions and outreach from our income. And that was when our total income was $150,000, so it was woohoo, you know, 15,000 bucks a year. It was great. It wasn't like it was free. I mean, it, well, over the time, we, we just kind of forgot that. As we grew, we didn't know what our budget was going to be from year to year to year to year to year to year. This year, thank you, Jesus, we're projecting conservatively, if you continue to love Jesus and give to his house, about a $700,000 income this year. Amen. That's conservatively. And God reminded us, how about that 10% thing that Do you know how much 10% of $700,000 is? Now, we didn't think about that when we voted yes. We didn't, I didn't sit down and say, hey, let me figure out what we're going to make this year. I just said, you know, we ought to, and they're all tithers. Everybody on the board, they give to Jesus. They give the first 10%. So if they're doing it, the church can do it, and they have the faith for it. 
And they did, it didn't even hardly have a discussion. It was like, yes, we said, let's do it. And it just went. How many are behind our board and say, I like that idea? Okay, that's awesome. Awesome. Okay, so the board represented you well on that one. And then I got to figuring out what we could make by the end of the year. Whoa. So we started calculating how far behind are we. And we were pretty far behind <laughs> on the 10% thing. And, and we're kind of de delineating between missions and outreach. What does that mean? And we've had discussion on that. And we'll noodle through that in the years to come and adjust accordingly. But God wants us to reach the world for him. Starting in Jerusalem. Here's the world. And God has a better view of the world than this even. He's at 30,000 feet. He sees the, what, 6 billion souls that live on our planet. Is that right? 6.5, 6? I can't comprehend the number. You might as well say gazillion. What are we doing to make disciples in Jerusalem? Well, one of our outreaches, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these, is Pine Acres Camp. How many people got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit at youth camp, this Pine Acres camp? Raise your hand. Wow, there's an outreach, isn't it? And every year we ask other churches to come from all over the Northwest. We ask churches to bring their kids that aren't saved, bring their friends. And we, we supply over 50% of the cost of this camp from you. From this, this congregation actually underwrites this camp. Whatever it comes up short, we as a people say, we'll pay the rent. Pretty fun. Because we've seen over 50 years, hundreds and thousands of young people come to Christ, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Out of that group has come pastors, mothers who raise pastors, mothers who raise great children, fathers who go into the business world and light it up for Jesus out there in the business world, all because of youth camp. And this year, our theme is connected. That's a harvest. I, my finger jumped on me. Here's our camp. This year, we're expecting God to even do... Uh, beyond and continue to meet and reach kids. Isn't it awesome to think that we're going to reach kids from all over the Northwest? It'll go back connected to Jesus. Yeah. Every year this has been growing. It's our harvest party and our harvest carnival, and we've been investing in this more and more every year. And, and this carnival, I mean, people come from all over our community, and every year we've increased how much we're taking and spending on that. And it's good because we need to now spend more on outreach because we have it. There's some cute, that's a, I, I'm just going to leave that up for a while. <laughs> that was Justin's sister. Justin, great word today. And you're surrounded by your enemies. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Petting zoo, I think the kid's cuter than the pig, but that's both cute. That Winston, yeah, let's say kid, that hurt my heart to even call him that. All right, that's our local stuff. But we began to look at God is a generous God and he's not jealous of anything but our heart to him. He doesn't want us to be jealous of other churches because they're part of the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And we're part of something bigger in this earth than just legacy church. We're part of the body of Christ universal. And I'm proud of our churches all over the earth. But I also know in Jerusalem there's some Judea that we need to reach out into. People that are of our same 
caliber, of our same fellowship, of our same DNA. And they're planting churches throughout the Northwest. And I'd like us to be a church that's missional. I'd like us to spread the gospel every which way we know. For man can't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I happen to know this man here can speak for the name of Jesus. And he is planning a church in Auburn, Washington. They're having what they call a hard start in August. And we got to looking at that 10% in outreach and missions, and we've decided to give LaShun's church some money this year. This is you guys. I, I, I want to tell this story sooner than later. Um, some of the young people showed me a video, and it was this big beach, and maybe you've seen it. And it, it was like this big, like, Woodstock-only cleaner on the uh, beach of a lake or something. Thousands and thousands of people eating or waiting for the next gig or something. And all of a sudden, this crazy guy runs down in front of everybody. Thousands of people spread out. And he just starts... (laughs) Really overt. Just down there, out of nowhere. Very random. And people are just kind of watching. And he's going on for like... And it's funny, you know, you're watching, you're just entertaining you, and he's dancing. He's about as good as me. I mean, he's really not that great at dancing. <laughs> you know, he's doing all this stuff. And, no, and everybody just watches until this one other second crazy guy runs down and starts dancing with him. And all of a sudden, the place just explodes, and they rush down, and thousands of kids and young people are just dancing. We're not going to let LaShun dance alone. We're not going to let him go out there on his own and just be a spectacle. The power of the second guy. It's the power of the partner that explodes. That explodes. We're going to join the dancing guy and partner with him. And that's when it explodes. When those disciples joined Jesus and the deacons joined the apostles and the Greek widows joined the deacons and pretty soon the world unloaded into Jesus' arms. Don't let these men and women dance alone. So we're going to send them an offering and I don't know that it'll be the only one but we got to catch up with our 10% which is so fun. Well, I'm going to stretch you a little bit. I stretched me. How close is Judea to us? Pastor Rhett was in our midst when Danny and Jamie Schultz were here. They're friends, and Danny's helping them plant a church over in Nampa. And Pastor Rhett and Linda Barden are planting a church in Nampa. Their official starts September. And we voted to send them some money, too. Are they our competition, or are they another boat with another net, and we're going to call for other boats alongside us? Amen? Isn't that exciting? Oh, God's a big, big God. So there's part of our Jerusalem, including uh, Legacy Loves, where we're doing some things with elementary schools, our um, food truck night. These are all outreaches. We're calling an outreach anything that has the possibility of bringing somebody to Jesus. By loving on them, by reaching out and exploring with our resources what God has given us. And maybe some of you will be dancing all alone as a spectacle and we'll see you, we'll join you. Legacy can come alongside and begin to bring in the crowd. Jerusalem, Judea, 
Samaria. We just recently had Stan Newton come, and here's Bulgaria. Pastor Stan and Virginia Newton, we have been supporting them each month. And they have told us, I said, how are you doing? When they come down, I get really nosy with missionaries. I get really nosy, nosy with people that are out there with no visible means of support. We've known Stan in Virginia. Pastor Bert and Pat have known them longer than I have. And they are from the Seattle area and from a little church there. And they felt, and Virginia shared with us a scripture that says, ask of me. And we're going to show you that scripture. It's out of Psalms. Ask of me and I will give the nations to you. She'd never thought of that scripture, heard of it, and she began to meditate on it as God gave it to her. And a while later, pretty much, Stan felt the same thing, and they've been sent to Bulgaria. But what I need to let you know is they indicate we are one of their main supporting churches. That a lot of churches will take an offering, and that's all they can do. Back, back 10, 11 years ago, we did as much as we could do. And that's all God asks. He's not asking for equal sacrifice or equal amount, just equal sacrifice. And, and they've indicated that we are like their mainstay monthly. And that's just rattled in my heart because we were giving them $500 a month and they were living, basically counting on that every month. And so this year we've decided to increase their monthly. Anybody say yay and amen to that? So they're going to get more. They don't know this yet, so please, mum's the word. Let's surprise them. Stan and Virginia have written books. They teach all over uh, Eastern Europe, Macedonia, Greece. Is, I, I don't even know my globe. I trust them. He teaches. His teachings are now going out in book form all over. And one of the key notes of Stan's message is, let's quit having theology kill kids' future. Let's bring in a theology that gives our young people hope and joy. Our pastor was told back when he was a young man that he shouldn't waste his time getting married because the world's going to be over in two weeks. Then two weeks later is still don't think about getting married. That was in the 19... When did Everett and Martha get married? Pardon? In the 30s. They, they flew in the face of biblical theology and got married. How many are glad they did? <laughs> Don't let your theology steal your kid's future. We keep asking Jesus, and he says, the times are set by God and his authority, but as for you, be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to witness. Begin to have babies and witness to your babies who will witness to other babies. And let Jesus take care of the big issues. You take care of what he's given our hands. Whatever your hands find to do, the Bible says, do with all your heart. Occupy till I come. We've got work to do till he comes. And Pastor Stan is going all over Europe and undoing some theology that has literally frozen people's future. And he's setting them free to go on and to college. People were told, don't go to college. It's a waste of time. It's carnal. For heaven's sake, don't bring kids into this wicked mess. And back in 1929, there was some legitimacy to that. Bring kids into the Depression, bring kids into World War that's going to end all wars. And yet, a sovereign God has brought us to this day. I don't know how he did it. It's way above my knowledge. 
They've gone into Macedonia. They've gone into Greece. They're going in. They mentioned all the states and nations they're going into. You and I are dancing with Stan and Virginia. Legacy, you're partnering with them. Now, some of you don't go to our church, and you're here for the first time, and I, I'm not going to beleaguer this. I'm going to try to get through these slides quickly, but I want you to know you can be a part of something bigger. It could be just that you have the most awesome job in the world, and you're sending finance to a missionary, sending finance to somebody that's spreading the gospel, and it doesn't have to be limited. The Bible doesn't use the word missionary, by the way. It uses the word disciple. You literally can't be a disciple without wanting to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Don't limit God. Don't say, well, I'm not in India, so I'm not a missionary. That's not true. I'm going to introduce you to some people by the name of Harry and Kathy McMichaels. They are in Tanzania. Tanzania is a nation I just recently learned. Do you know about Livingston, Dr. Livingston, I presume? Stanley, the journalist, went through Tanzania to find Dr. Livingston in the 1800s. They have established Calvary Connection missions, Harry and Kathy McMichaels in Tanzania, and we have been so generous with them. We, this is Dominic. This is their lead pastor and superintendent on campus in Tanzania. Kathy and Harry come home for six months of the year to raise support for this compound. I call it a compound because in Africa, you kind of have to gather together your water, your electricity for your own. And they have a school they bring kids into. They have a Bible school. And Dominic runs the whole thing. And the more I hear about this man, he's an angel on assignment. He's giving this young lady a Bible. Every year, we've been purchasing Bibles. When Harry and Kathy told me their story, they said, kind of our textbook is the Bible. And I said, well, where do people get the Bible? Well, some have them, some don't. I go, Harry, we'll buy Bibles. It was a $300 bill the first year. We have upped that to $500 a year for Tanzania. My wife is giggling over here. How many believe we probably could do better, do more? And it's fun to do more, isn't it? More blessed to give than to receive. And so this year... Our board made a decision. We will go from $500 a year to $500 a month and support Tanzania. Isn't that awesome? Yay, Jesus. Our investment portfolio just keeps growing and growing. It's awesome. And they have a rescue mission. Go to the next one, guys. I can't seem to get to go. They have a rescue center. Here they're holding up their Bibles. We bought them at the rescue center. They're so grateful. Uh, Here's the kids at the school. This is run by much support from the United States. They had a huge flood this year. Alligators were coming into people's homes almost, killing people because, or is it crocodiles? No, it's alligators, right? Crocodiles, Australia. And I don't know if they lost, I don't think they lost any of their children, but they were praying because the floods were so severe. Five years ago, I went back on their emails. They were praying for rain because there had been a drought. And so they've planted a well. They've built bigger buildings. Their school is now certified in the nation of Tanzania, and they've met the standard for national assessments. Their 1917 results were the school that they run was number four in the district, number six in the region, and number 91 nationally, and that wasn't their best year. They are lighting it up academically for their kids. This is what this mission in Tanzania is doing. They have... A Bible school at the same time. There's Dominic on the right. He's like, a, he does everything. He lives on the 
compound, so to speak. I hate to call it a compound. This mission in Tanzania, and I saved the best for last. She is in the first year of the Tanzania Nursery School. If that doesn't make you up, you're offering nothing will. Look at that. That little girl. Anybody want to jump on a plane with me and go to Tanzania? So, you now are a member dancing with, and they have no idea we're going to up their support to what we used to give a year, we're going to give monthly now. Now, each of these missionaries, we would like to give a summer offering above and beyond their monthly support. Because in the summer, the missionaries travel, getting support. Wouldn't it be awesome if we paid their travel bill? So they didn't have to spend any money on their ticket, their gas, while they went around to other churches and spoke. Whatever they want to do with. They've had a big flood at Tanzania. They could use some repairs. They're trying to repair the building they're building. And so I'm telling you all this. This is not to guilt you in any way. Because I think when we have the heart of Christ, it gets exciting and fun. It's as much fun as buying presents for your kids at Christmas time. It's the same feeling. Um, I would like to begin every summer to have missionary offering summer along with our Pine Acres camp. Some of you feel to give to that. Don't stop giving that. But some of you might have felt, yeah, it's being supported. It's fine. But you may want to give an offering to our missions every summer. And all you have to do is, on, above your tithes and offering, you can write one check. Terry told me, he said, all you have to do is on your check, put the extra on you there you want to go to missions. And down in the memo line, say, you know, $100 missions, $20 missions, $5, whatever you want to give to missions, put it down the memo line on one check. And this is above and beyond your faithful giving to keep this house running. And so I would like every summer just to put out an appeal, pray about it, see what God, as God has blessed you, Bless others. God makes us a blessing to be a blessing. And he has blessed us amazingly. So he's blessing us to be a blessing. You know, we can either be the Galilee Lake or the Dead Sea. The Galilee has water running in and water running out, and life teems in the river, in the Lake Galilee, in the Sea of Galilee. When it gets to the Dead Sea, it goes in and nothing comes out, and nothing grows there except big fat tourists that just float in the river. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> and now, one that's really exciting, Jeff and Sherry, come up, come up. And now for our third one, go into all the world. And I've got a, f a few little slides. I want to, come on, Sherry and Jeff, come on, quickly. You're on a mission. God's sending you to the, the altar. He's sending you, Thailand. Thailand is now, next week you will have Pastor Ray. Here's where Thailand is. Thailand is surrounded by land. Taiwan is surrounded by water. And I finally figured that out. So it's Thailand. It's surrounded by land. And Jeff and Sherry represented us this year. And you're going to have like five seconds per slide. And Ray and Misty will be with us next week. They're from Logos Communication. And what they don't know is we've almost doubled their monthly giving this year. And they've told us. I say, Pat, yeah, give yourselves a hand. Give God a hand. And I talk to them. I say, how are you guys doing? We're doing really good. And, and, you know, I wish we could support you more. And, oh, pastor, don't you know your church is one of the more steady? Is, are we pretty steady, good for them? Oh, yeah. Jeff, uh, Sherry's their bookkeeper, right? Yeah. 
And uh, they came out of Ray and Misty's church in Nampa. And Ray and Misty gave this couple to us. <laughs> and I know they had a choice. <laughs> the apostle didn't say, you will go there whether you like them or not. <laughs> but they have come to us from the church that Ray and Misty used to pastor, yeah? And their hearts were tore when their pastor left. <laughs> and we've been so blessed to have you too. And so this year... Um, they went over there, but real quick, in, and they know so much more of what, and Ray and Missy are going to be here, so I don't want to talk in depth about these, but they do pastor training. They pray for the, the native people, and uh, this is uh, Jeff and Sherry landing over in Thailand, and uh, Ray's there on the right, and somebody's down there with Ray, and yes. you guys know. Who's that? That's the, does a maintenance guy there that works in the village, that works on the churches and keeps the village upkeep. That's Nassan. In Thailand, northern Thailand. And you guys took a package with you to Thailand. We did. What did you take? We took backpacks for the, for the uh, orphanage there. How many we did we take? This? We How many 50? did we get to send with you? Fifty. It's awesome. We, could, we packed uh, suitcases and we took extra suitcases over there and we handed those out to those kids. And they just lit up. So you danced in Thailand this year and you didn't even know it, some of you. See what it says on that one down at the bottom, legacy, and then it's the rest of it up there, little purple legacy church bags. And what were they full of? You guys helped with this, many of you? They, they had, put, like, there was everything you can think of. Those pens, pencils, scissors, staplers, uh, stationary glue, um, even gum. The kids had a lot of fun with the gum and everything, trying to figure out how that worked. But, <laughs> yeah, they really enjoyed that. That was really a big thing for those guys. Did they like it? Did we do well? Oh, they went crazy about it. Way to go, Legacy. That was very easy for us to do financially. And we just felt like what Ray and Missy are doing is spreading the gospel. And uh, this, this is their, the kids live there? This boy is only about 12 years old. He's only been playing that guitar for maybe a couple of years, and he taught himself how to do it. And he leads the worship with the kids. They live there throughout the school year. And Ray and some, Misty take care of them during the school year? At, or they have somebody that does that? They have someone that does that, but the kids, they go, uh, some of the kids get to go back home, but some of them are also orphans, so then they stay there. And so these so, are kids? they all come back. They come from the villages year. in the mountains, right, yes. where they don't have school and stuff, and so the parents send them to this mission outreach to Ray and Misty on this, in this missionary area where they get educated all year long and then send them back, and some of the kids are even orphans. Wow. And here's our unfriendly Sherry. <laughs> Doesn't love people at all. And who's this lady, Sherry? This is, well, they... You don't have to know her name, but just a lady that her, goes... Her, yeah, her name is Namwan, and she is, uh, they call her Bobo, but she is actually the one that preaches at that first church that Jeffrey and I were at, and the maintenance uh, man was her father. And so she, she is, she, yeah, this is the Lahu tribe. And uh, we were uh, blessed to be in their home. And Jeffrey and I, we stayed in a room that was considered the, um, the VIP room. And everybody else got to stay in tents. Wow. And so because they were so blessed. But she, her children, she takes care of the elephants. She works for the elephants and stuff. And then her husband stays and helps stay with the tribe and make sure everything is, is going on there. And uh, she is just, this is her. She's in, her spirits are like this. She's just happy all the time. And she just, she knows God is always in control. Some sample of the people that we're reaching. And here's Sherry. You guys are getting ready to do a feast with the village or the yeah, people? Yeah, actually, uh, yeah. They, this is the, where we shopped for some of the food that we took on. And we took it to Namwan's house. And um, we 
they fed us there that night, and then uh, they had even more for the next morning uh, at the church at uh, uh, Nissan. Ray and Missy are very generous, and the money you give them is used very well and very wisely. And here's Jeff preaching up a storm with an interpreter. 42 people came to Jesus, three healings, five dead people raised from the dead. <laughs> and here's, he was so popular, they asked, what happened? I don't know what happened. Go to the next one, guys, because we got to move along here. But Sherry, and that's not the next one, was it? No, there was this one here above that. Is it blank? It's not blank on my screen. Okay, let's go. That, that God's helping us move right along because Sherry and Jeff could okay, take no, going to Listen, we, you don't have time yeah. to tell us everything, so take five of them next year with you. Yeah. How many would want to go to Thailand if you had a chance for fun? Okay, you're willing to send Sherry and Jeff. I see that right now. Okay. <laughs> As long as you pay their ticket, they're fine with that. Here's Ray and Misty and, and uh, Jeff and Sherry. And I know we didn't give you guys enough time, but I oh, wanted to introduce them. And we're increasing the giving. I wanted to let these people know, um, are we doubling it for next year? Uh, no. We're 60 percenting it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We were giving them 400 a month. We're going to give them 1,000 a month this year. By the way, we haven't caught up with the 10%. If we make what we think we're going to make, we're still short. So is, be praying that we're wise and that everything just, because it's just going to get bigger and better. Isn't this awesome what God's doing? And we want to give Ray and Missy an offering next week. So some of you want to give to that, just say missionary down, tell us what to give. It. When they, they're going to be here all summer. They're going to be with us next week. And then in August, they're going to start taking off around America and exposing other churches to this awesome, awesome ministry. Thank you, Jeff and Sherry. Like I said, I know I shorted you, but I wanted them to at least see you and bless your heart. Let's hear it for Jeff and Sherry. Awesome. Here's the scripture in Psalms. Psalms says this. Ask of me, God says, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. How many feel like you got a little more inheritance today than you had when you walked in? And it doesn't matter if you're from this church or other churches. You can give to the Lord at any level, and God will bless it and honor it and just hear what the Lord says to you. But the concept is we can be dancing with somebody else and helping them bring people to Jesus Christ without leaving here uh, by sending our money, by sending our support, by sending people like Jeff and Sherry. The scripture says, I will give you the nations. Now, God doesn't call everybody to be a preacher. Every body of Christ has one mouth. Every body has one mouth. We need two ears, two hands, ten fingers. You know, we don't need everybody to go overseas when we still have some Americans that need Jesus, yes? But God wants to give you the nations if you'll believe. And I want to give you four examples as quickly as I can here. These four people changed their trajectory of entire nations. How many have heard of St. Patrick? We still hear about him. 500 A.D., 1,500 years ago, he was captured in um, England by some pirates who took him to the Celtic heathen Ireland. 500 A.D., it was a very pagan, pagan area. I don't know if you could call him a nation. They abused him as a slave for six years of cruelty until he escaped, went back to England, met Jesus, and he had a vision 
where one of his captors said to him in the vision, we beg you to come and walk among us once more. He spent 30 years on the missionary trip back to Ireland to love on his captors. During that time, an estimated more than 700 churches and schools springed up from his Christian work. He trained more than 3,000 ministers. Uh, these 3,000 ministers went not only in Ireland but all throughout the world. He also helped transform the government and reform laws that brought the end of slavery in Ireland. Patrick changed a nation. John Witherspoon. How many have heard of John Witherspoon? You've heard the name. He uh, left Scotland. He had a pastor. He was a preacher. And he left Scotland to go work in a public school. It really wasn't a public school. It was the College of New Jersey, known by the name of Princeton today. He became the president of College of New Jersey. And of his graduates, after he turned that college around to Christ and, and, or continued on the Christian community, out of his school, the graduates included a U.S. president, a vice president, 10 cabinet officials, 21 senators, 39 congressmen, a Supreme Court justice, one-sixth of the delegates of our first U.S. Continental Congress, and one-fifth of all the signers of the Declaration of Independence went to his school. He was called a man who shaped the man who shaped America. He discipled the nation. And he wasn't even a preacher. Many people berated him for leaving the pastoral ministry because he wouldn't have an effect upon the gospel like he did. But, oh, my people of God, ask of God and he'll give you the nations. The next man... And we're doing chronological, 1759 to 1833, William Wilberforce. How many have heard of him? He was in England at the 21 years of age. In 1807, he introduced the first bill to the government of Great Britain to eradicate slavery. It didn't pass. The next year, he introduced it again. It did not pass. The next year, faithfully, he introduced it again. It did not pass. 18 years later, the bill passed in 1807 after 18 years of attempts. And slavery was eradicated from England because of William Wilberforce and the two or three other people that danced with him after a while. But he wasn't done. He immediately began legislation for all the colonies in the entire British Empire. And in those days, they said, of the sun never sets on the British Empire because they own colonies all over the world. He continued to pound away until in 1833, the British Empire declared slavery illegal because of William Wilberforce. 800,000 people became free. A legislator for Jesus. Ask of God, he'll give you the nations. And this next one's kind of my favorite. How many would like to market your ministry as Gertrude? Gertrude was born in 1884 and married a man who was a pastor. For years, Gertrude sat in the back as her pastor taught and preached and ran Bible studies and devotions. She would sit in the back of the room and transcribe by shorthand every word her husband said. Ladies, I'd like you to come up and I'd like to authorize you to have that ministry for your husbands. Husbands, how many would say that'd just be awesome if a woman cleaned to every word? 
Can you imagine the dedication? Even during devotions with the college students, she would sit in the back and shorthand what her husband taught the kids. She did this for almost 20 years, I believe. Her husband so loved her, obviously, he called her beloved disciple. And he shortened that to BD, and she went by Biddy the rest of her life because she was a beloved disciple. In 1917, during World War I, her husband, who was a chaplain for the army, died in Egypt. She was heartbroken. She didn't know what to do with her life, but she began to feel like the Lord had told her during his dying illness that God would bring glory to his name through her husband. And when he died, she was perplexed, but she began to think about all the manuscripts she gathered, and she began to gather them up. Ten years later, she, she published a book of his teachings. The book arguably made her the most read, most famous Christian author of all time, second only to the writers of the Bible. Gertrude Biddy published this book, and it has not ceased being published since 1927. Her husband was quoted in her first book as saying, shut out everything else, and only consider keeping yourself before God for this one thing, giving your utmost for his highest. Oswald Chambers was the husband of Biddy Chambers. He never wrote a book, and yet he's the most read author in the world behind the Bible. When Jet came, he gave me a gift, the devotional my, high, my, my utmost for God's highest. And I couldn't believe when I read about Biddy. She wrote a number of other books based on his teachings. I think she wrote 10 books, and it's authored Oswald Chambers. She didn't take credit for it. I would say this lady didn't just change a nation. She's impacted the world and has since 1927. Anybody ever read My Utmost for His Highest? Look at here, 2018, her book's still being read, that she did by just devotionally sitting in the back of the room. Utmost, my utmost for his highest was written just by the devotionals her husband taught in college every night to all the college kids. That's where the devotional came from. Isn't that amazing? Well, you don't have to be the caliber in a sense of these people. None of us are like them. But you know what? Not one of them is like you. You're going to do things that others have never done. Susie and I, in 1983, answered the call to go to Kellogg. And we were all in. And Pastor Bert and Pat wrote us a letter. And they said, come up to Kellogg. We can't pay you nothing. And we went, woo And got up there and they lied. They gave us 50 bucks a month. And we were in hog heaven. But we didn't care. It wasn't about the money. God took care of us. And in 1983, we began a ministry with Bert and Pat, and we began to dance alongside them. And David and Lori and Kevin and Paul and others had already danced previous. And we joined that work in Kellogg, and they didn't even hire me as a teacher that year. They didn't have any positions for teachers, so they let me be a substitute teacher, and I was assistant coach to some of the sports. And by the end of the year, they gave me a full-time teaching job, and I taught there for 24 years. And I became a coach, and we began to have youth group. And you just never know 
whose life you touch. Biddy had no idea you guys would be reading her book almost 100 years later. You have no idea the impact your life makes upon the world. And I remember that my boss came to me and he said, Ralph, have you ever considered being a principal of a school, being an administrator? And I said, no. My dad told me there are two types of people, those that teach and those that can't do, and they become administrators. <laughs> I had pretty much had a prejudicial idea and view of administrators. And I went home and I prayed. And I remember right where I was at at the chair, and I, I dropped on my knees. God, this is a huge career shift for me. Church was at the size we, of course, would tied this to our pastor, Bert and Pat, and he, they're very prophetic, so we wouldn't take a step without them knowing it was of the Lord also and confirming. If it's God, he'll speak to your pastor, you know? And so, but I'm praying before I really took it earnest, and I, I said, God, I, I, should I do this? And I remember the Lord showing me the middle school. And he showed me that every native in the Kellogg School District, sends their kids to the middle school. And then as a science teacher, I had every child that ever went through school teach, taught them earth science. Everybody had to go through my earth science class in Kellogg. I'd have 130 kids a year and had all the kids for about 12 years. And as I'm praying over this school, I felt the Lord say, I want to give you the nation. I want to give you this people group. And I said, God, but how spiritual is that? And God said, the word administrator has at its root the word minister. And God showed me King David, who never was necessarily a pastor, but he was a king administrator. He was a kingly priest. And God showed me that David probably spent a lot of his days saying, hey, Joab, 30,000 bushels of wheat over here to this army. We need to move the horses out to this field. And he spent his days administering. And yet we know how spiritual David was. This is your life on Jesus. 24 years later, we know that there are people all over the Northwest that have gone through Kellogg, gone through Pastor Burt, gone through. I, but I, I felt like today, I just got tickled because I hadn't thought about the wedding and how many of you would come in. How many of you live outside of the Treasure Valley? You're either here visiting or otherwise. How many of you live outside now? Whether you were born here, raise your hand. Okay, how many of you had your start here at MGT Legacy Church at some point, have your roots here? You know, Justice was up here. His, his great-grandpa helped start the church. Hi, Justin, that was Justice. That was Ray and Jody. Uh, Ray was raised here. But Jody, while I was in Kellogg, I did a Spokane camp, and she told me just recently that I had an impact on her life. And here Jody is. And they're up in... in um, uh, I don't say it, Spokane. They're in Spokane. Justice is in Seattle. Taylor and Jacob are in Tacoma. Carol's in Kellogg, dancing now with her husband, Paul, who sometimes dances alone. <laughs> but boy, he dances way better than I do. <laughs> and from this church has spread people all over the world. In our midst are Arthur, Japan. Yeah, Arthur and Emma Lou, raise your hand, missionaries. Man. Daniel and Nina. Daniel is now still. Uh, you guys, we are send, we, we need to just pray with Daniel. He's been all over the world lately. He, he was in Rupert as a pastor, and God launched him to the world. He's been in Mexico. Uh, where have you been lately? Nevada. They just, God's just sending him all over. 
You know, we don't have to retire in God. We just refire in God. Amen? It's awesome. And, and so from this church, we can dance with others who are dancing around all the nations of the world. And God says, and now, world changer, today it's you. It's me. You don't have to be a pastor. You can be a legislator. You can be a book writer. You can just endure your husband who speaks great jewels of wisdom. <laughs> if you find him, let me know. You can be a college or a school president or pastor. By the time I, I got to middle school, I realized after a short time that almost every one of my teachers would probably profess to be born again and they taught Christian values out of about 30 staff members. And I realized I had a Christian school without even telling the public that in every classroom I had a teacher that loved Jesus at some level. And I didn't ask them that on the hiring process. Of course, you don't do that. But you just knew people of quality. You knew people had hearts, loved kids. They had their heart in the right place. And God makes your world better because of you. You alter the path and trajectory of nations. This is a tall order. It's a crazy order. Go into all the nations and disciple nations. There is no way you and I can do that. But there is a way. The Holy Spirit can do it. Until the Holy Spirit breathed on the early church, they stayed in about 120 active participants. And when the day of the Holy Spirit came into the church, 3,000 came to Christ. And it never has stopped since. For anyone that will embrace and intentionally ask the Holy Spirit into your life, he will give you power to be his witness. In Jerusalem, our city, in all Judea, our people, in Samaria, other cultures, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Can you see how that's possible today? That you and I can touch the nations for Jesus. And we can add to that our prayers and the Holy Spirit fervency to begin to say, God, we want to reach more people for Christ of every people group, of every nation. I can't hardly read Revelation where it says every tribe, every tongue worships Jesus. And God wants that picture on the earth. For we are to pray, Father, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, on this earth as it already is in heaven. Every tribe, every tongue, every people. God says, I will give you the nations. I will give you the nations. You can't help but end on this scripture today. Go ahead, Lori, come on up. And then I heard the voice of the master. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I spoke up, send me. God wants to send every one of us on an epic adventure that's so full of purpose and bigger than us. Isn't it awesome to belong to something so global, so important? It's the most important message that could ever be spread to a people group. I want political reform. I want financial, economic health but there's no message like the message of Jesus that will alter a life and change their trajectory forever could you stand this morning 
First off, can you say thank you, Jesus, in your heart for all that he's doing through you and us? And he's doing more than I could ever ask or think. God's, and he's not done yet. We don't know how many more churches we're going to get to plant and be a part of. We might even be able to hands-on plant our own church someday and actually send some of you out to the uttermost parts of the Treasure Valley. We don't know what God has in store as we dedicate our heart wholly and begin to live my ultimate for his highest. Our ultimate God for your highest. Susie and I have talked. We have not had a boring life. It's been one of the most awesome, exciting lives two little country bumpkins could ever live because we say yes to Jesus. You'll never regret long-term saying yes to Jesus. Send me, God. Send me, God. And just stay open. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you with gentleness and respect. And if you go out from this place ready to share the hope that's within you with gentleness and respect, almost everybody loves being talked to with gentleness and respect. And they'll hear your message. As we sing this, if you want to begin to say in your heart, God, how do you want to send me? How do you want me to touch my world? Would you just begin to ask the Lord? Those of you that want to commit your life further to this cause, come forward and just kneel or stand before the Lord and say, God, here I am, send me. I want to tell you a key, though. God never wants to send you to anybody you don't want to go to. If you don't love them or like them, God's not interested. He will give you a love and a like for where he wants to send you. I want you to know that. God doesn't force you to go somewhere where you don't love the people. So don't be afraid. God doesn't want this place empty next week because you all went to foreign countries. There's a purpose here that will bless and be a win-win for everybody. So don't be afraid when you say, Father, send me. You're only asking for an epic life, a grand existence. A life that's bigger than you. Jesus. Go ahead, Lord. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. In our conversation 45 this morning, we were talking about how God speaks to us, the opportunity we have to listen. Are we willing to love our neighbor so much that I would actually ask God for a moment 
So God, what do you say about the person next to me? How can I pray for them? How can I give them encouragement? How can I give them comfort? How can I give them strength? That might be the first step in loving your neighbor as yourself is the willingness to actually talk to God about them. We have an opportunity every day to listen to God's voice. And I hope you've heard the voice of God this morning because his heart is to minister. His heart is to lift you up. His heart is to reach out to others. This morning, we want to make sure we also take a moment. If you're standing here this morning and you're saying, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not completely familiar with what the pastor was just talking about. If you'd like to know more, if you'd like to enter into this opportunity to be a part of a kingdom that reaches out in love, we would love to help you with that. We're going to go ahead and close in prayer at this point, but if there are those who would like individual prayer, please feel free to come forward and we would be happy to minister to you. But I'd like to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning and give everyone the opportunity again just to commit their lives to God. If you would repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I recognize I need you. Will you save me and forgive me? And will you make me whole? If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, please let us know. If you would raise your hand without other people watching and just let me know, Lord, I, I reached out for the first time. I see that hand. If you raised your hand and said, yes, I want to know you more, God, please talk to us and let us know we'd love to be able to give you some gifts to help you along this path. And Father, again, for this whole church, we are so grateful for your love and your grace and your mercy in our lives. May we be your hand extended to reach out in love in our neighborhood in our city, in our state, in our region, for those people we come in contact with, and may we reach around the world in love. We are so grateful, Lord God, that you have saved us so that we can reach out to save others. Bless this house now as we go out to serve, to love, and encourage others. We bless everyone as we go. Amen.